Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the very best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and, of course, the very best in alternative music. So we've um, got three quarters of the way through this year's major season uh, and um, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say uh, the US Open is probably one of the best majors we've seen over the certainly the last uh, couple of years. Uh, and um, yeah, what a fantastic final day we had. Uh, it was an incredible uh, denouement, as they say. And um, obviously, whilst a little bit frustrating from Aaron and things, because we'd made our colours to the Willie Z mast on the pod last week, uh, both myself and Brian, who was on last week, Brian Kirchner, we were both very heavily on Willie Z. So a little bit unfortunate um, that uh, he didn't get the win done. But of course, you know, I'm sure, like most listeners, I couldn't help be delighted for Matt Fitzpatrick and, um, of course, for Billy Foster. So, and what an incredible watch it was um, last night. And, uh, uh, of course, we'll, we'll recap it now and chat through it with this week's guest. Um, always delighted to welcome uh, uh, the best guests on. And um, I think it's the third time, hopefully, uh, third, third time lucky for me to get some winners when he's on, because I don't think I did the last two times, but it's a third time on the pod for Dave Tyndall. Um, Dave, um, good evening to you, and thank you so much for coming back. Uh, how are you keeping? Yeah, very well, thanks. Hello for uh, a third time. I forgot about that. It's three. It? Yeah, I third, third time. One. Yeah, memorable as it was. But, yeah, uh, I yeah, probably I mean, wiped it out because I didn't have a winner that week. So, uh, yeah. Well, I yes. really appreciate you making the time to uh, to come back on. And um, I believe, um, before we talk about last week's uh, US Open, I believe you've been um, a busy bee today and um, been checking out some of the uh, Open Championship qualifying. So uh, um, uh, any sort of uh, hot tip bits for the listeners and how, how was your day? Who, who did you get to see? Who were the names out there? Yeah, it was a bit uh, sort of random happening. There's a guy called Sean Casey who uh, tweeted me, I think it was Sunday night or Saturday night, to say, are you going to the uh, open qualifier at Old Woodley or in Leeds, he said. And I, I, to be honest, I hadn't really been aware that it was on and I didn't, yeah. I didn't know whether it was next week, midweek. Um, and then I, I saw a mate called Steve Carroll, who works for National Club Golfer, who tweeted right, a yeah. picture from there this morning. Mm. And I thought, it's this morning, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I thought, um, well, I was a bit busy. My, my son's doing his GCSE, so he's, he's got his penultimate, he had his penultimate exam this morning. So I thought, well, I'll just hang around and give him a, a, a motivational speech, such as read the question. Yeah. And then read it again and don't panic, of which he didn't listen to anything, uh, any of that, thank goodness. He's pretty chill, chilled out sort of lad, so um, he You're didn't good. really need my nonsense jabberings. But I saw him off and then I set off. And, um, yeah, when, when Sean Casey uh, messaged me, he, said, he sent me a little video that he'd made with uh, Wes Bryan's brother. Um, have you seen that? Have you seen those two on? I've seen them, yeah, going back, um, even before Wes Bryan got his PGA Tour card, didn't they? They used to do all these trick stuff. and well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of that in years gone by, yeah. So um, so George Bryan, uh, so I thought, oh, well, I wonder if I, uh, I'll sort of bump into him at some point. I literally arrived there, and George Bryan was stood on the first tee. Right. So I saw myself, as I planned this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I watched him for a few holes. He'd... It come over all the way. It was a nice, it was a, a nice little link actually because um, I once tipped 
Wes Bryan to win at Hilton Head at 66 to 1 when he did. Okay. Uh, was it about five years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, which is sort of topical because it's the week after a major. Yeah. And I, I dug that preview out just to see um, what I'd, I'd written. And, what, and I'd actually mentioned George Bryan in that preview <laughs> because I'd found some bizarre... I don't know, like SouthCarolina.com or something. I don't know, some link where the, the two of them said they used to sneak on to Hilton Head as kids. Mm. And obviously I use that as part of my argument for back yeah. in Wes. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I watched George. He's a bit of a character, as you anyone who's seen him on YouTube has seen. But, yeah, yeah so sure. He'd come over especially, but he'd come over especially for this. Yeah, yeah, so it was an unlikely uh, participant yeah. at Old Woodley, which is one of the... It's one of the great tracks in Leeds. has got a real, a couple of really famous ones like Moortown, which is literally just over the road. Um, and or Woodley, it's an Alistair McKenzie design. Obviously, Alistair right. McKenzie, who was you know, the, the man who put, helped put Augusta National together. Mm. Uh, so it's a, it's a lovely course. And it was a lovely sunny day as well. Um, mm. And they were filming a little, this Sean Casey, who, who texted me, he, he'd made a little lovely little 15 minute film about him back home coming coming over here so this was like the next part of the film unfortunately right. it didn't have a sort of magical ending because he finished tied 27th right, okay in qualifying he, he shot 75 you needed to it's quite a tough scoring actually the yeah. the um the, the top two only managed 69 so it's quite a tough scoring at old woodley today but one of the top two is robert dinwiddie and and we said off air we you know him a little bit yeah well i've got, got, got a bit of a business connection with his brother actually but uh yeah um bit of a bizarre one but um yeah so i must have, i didn't know how much he was still playing but yeah uh, so he, he he was uh joint top with a guy called samuel rook right. uh, so all the other names i don't know my, mm. my friend mark townsend is a freelance golf writer i met him there mm. he was telling me all about a guy called nick mccarthy right um, yeah not not Mick McCarthy, the <laughs> former Republic of Ireland manager. Nick McCarthy, because he plays at Moortown just over the road. Okay. Yeah. So, and Mark was saying, oh, "Watch out of him." Thankfully, mm. he he got through. He finished tied sixth. Okay. Uh, with, with a seventy-one. Mark said he was. I texted Mark. He, said he was actually four under and leading by mm. a distance, and then he had two double bogeys and had to get up and down at the last two to mm. to sneak in. So yeah. lots of those sort of stories, aren't there, at, at qualifying? Yeah. 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 Um, Couple of names that you might that listeners <coughs> might know as well. Graham Storm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who um, is a European Tour winner. Mm -hmm. He finished tied sixteenth, so he just missed out. Mm. Yeah. There's actually a, a, a guy who finished twentieth called Joseph Hacker. It's not a great name, <laughs> is it? For <laughs> golfer. <laughs> Very yes. Um... Yeah, indeed. Very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he didn't get through. So. No, he did all right, to be fair to him. Tied 20th, but um, yeah, he's from Jersey. Um, perhaps someone should have said, why don't you try somewhere else with yeah. that name? It's uh, a pretty good effort for an amateur. Yeah. Uh, anyone else get through? Uh, we know uh, obviously other people got through. Anyone else get through that we know? Oh, uh, yeah. Stephen Allen, the Australian. Oh, yeah. You, you remember him. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, well, he came over yeah. here, shot of seventy-one yeah. par. That um, was good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, does he still? Is he still playing on some kind of seniors tour? No, I, I, I have no idea. He's quite a sort of little fellow, wasn't he? I yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Sort of yeah. think of him on shorter tracks, but yeah. Um, yeah. it was quite a sort of 
a sunny, dry conditions, so maybe that's suited. There were a couple of Aussies who got through. Another guy called Aaron Cox got through from Australia. Right. They seem yeah. to do quite well. But, so, yeah, so these little stories, ideally, I mean, they now got to go to – this was regional qualifying. Yeah. They've now got to go to another phase of it. So yeah. it'd be nice if a few of them made it all the way. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. see those weird names that you in the open field. Who's that? And then – yeah, you could, well, you know, you, the US Open, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you get they sort of mean that. nothing to a lot of people, but if yeah. you follow their story, it's nice, isn't it, to see, to yeah. see how they've got there? Yeah. Uh, so a laid back day in, in contrast to the drama of um, last night. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how, was, how was your US Open? I was just as you were coming on, um, uh, obviously commenting that um, fantastic to see Fitz win, of course. And I was almost more delighted for Billy Foster than you know for Fitz, because obviously if, if Fitz hadn't picked up this one, you know, I think he would have probably got there eventually. But Billy Foster, you sort of began to wonder if he was a bit, you know, it's a bit of a sort of Jimmy White never win the world championship <laughs> type sort of thing. So, uh, um I was actually delighted for him, but it was tinged with a little bit of um, my uh, betting hat regret on because um, a bit more regret because uh, I was on Willie Z, as was Brian, our guest on the pod last week. We were both very strongly on Willie Z, and in fact, Brian talked me into his um, uh, his each way double he put up last week on the pod, which was Willie Z for um, the US Open and Cam Smith for the Open. Um, ah, so, right. um, so I've got that one running still on the each uh, each way side of things, but obviously if um, if Will had won, that would have been a nice little one to take forward to uh, the open. All bit Cam's going to have to get his game back on track a bit, um, yeah. but um, yeah. So um, it was you know great to see him win. But how, how was it for you? Did you enjoy the event? And from a punting point of view, um, any joy? Yeah, I, I really. Um, I maybe dipped a little bit on Friday. I think sometimes you. Two, I three, I had three picks. So two of them were hovering around the cut line. I thought, oh, this is all getting away from me this time. Mm. And, and Shane Lowry and Tony Fina did miss the cut on the number. Mm. Or maybe Lowry was even one worse than that. Um, so I was thinking, uh, let's put a dampener on things. But I had, I had Seamus Power batting for me. And thankfully, I I put him up at 100 to 1 with 12 places at Betfair. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I must admit that I spent too much time refreshing my uh, leaderboard yesterday. I mean, I, yeah. I watched everything and it was great, but I, <laughs> I was a bit semi-distracted by, because he was what hovering around <laughs> 11th, 12th, and then he yeah. dropped to 23rd, and I thought, oh, yeah. it's gone now. And then he, he had back-to-back birdies, yeah. and then he, he had a 10-footer and a 12-footer at the last, mm. uh, at the last two holes. And it looked, for all the world, it looked as though he was going to finish in 13th. Yeah, which is just awful, isn't it? In yeah. the end, he got a tie for twelfth, which was which was great. So that was just it was half the stake just with mm-hmm. Ram. But you know, yeah. you get greedy. Ram actually yeah. held a ten footer at the last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going, oh, <laughs> that would have been a full place. But yeah, it, I came out in profit because of that. So that was okay. And the uh, that trends preview I do mm-hmm. uh, that was that worked out really well. Like, apart apart from Sung Jaim, who, who missed mm-hmm. the cut, he he was a top point scorer by one, but. Salatoris and Fitzpatrick were joint second on that s- system, uh, so that worked out quite well. And, and Scheffler was up there as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, of course, you know, we can sit here and go, um, Fitzy was such an obvious winner. Why weren't we on board? And I guess, and, and this is just me being a bit contrarian, um, he was just too obvious a pick. Uh, you, you know, it was just 
such yeah, I don't as know whether it was too obvious. I think it was just the price put everyone off, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, most the, people the, off. The, the price and um, I mean, no, some you know, I think Niles on board. Niles yeah, Niles, Niles, Niles so. always on board, isn't yeah. he? Been great. <laughs> yeah, he's having a great season, great, great year. But I think, um, yeah, a lot. I think there's a, a maybe a, a feeling amongst quite a lot of tipsters that uh, we can't really be backing him at twenty twos or whatever if Morikawa was twenty fives, that sort of thing. That just doesn't seem right. So maybe. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of punters who aren't maybe it's harder to have written about it at that price mm. than just back to yourself because it you're struggling a bit to justify it. Oh, that's what I felt anyway. I mean, thirty-three to one, it would have been like the headline pick, I'm sure. Or, yeah, but yeah. you're just not or forty, say, but you're just not yeah. going to get that price. So it was one of those ones where you think. Um, to be fair, the layers got it right, didn't they? They were on the right side of him all through it. Even on the final day, they made him favourite when a lot of people were thinking Zalatoris should be favourite. So it was sort of well done. Tip, tip your hat to the bookies there, I think, on that one. Yeah, I actually, I mean, you're right. I, I thought um, of, of the two, I would have had Zalatoris slightly shorter uh, in my piece for Sporting Life yesterday, the preview on the final round. Uh, and I was in the position that I'd put up um, Zalatoris pre-event for, um, uh, sorry, not Sporting Life, uh, Paddy Power, piece I did for Paddy Power. So Ben did Sporting Life yesterday. Um, but um, yeah, my piece for Paddy Power I did for the final round yesterday. Uh, I had put up Zalatoris pre-event for Paddy Power. So I was sort of, you know, looking at it from a yeah. hedge point of view, and I went with Ram as, as the one to hedge with. Uh, I think a lot of people yesterday thought Ram, with even with his double bogey on eighteen on Saturday, that he would come come through. Um, and uh, of course, he, he yeah, he, it just wasn't his day yesterday. But um, uh, I made the point that I thought Willie Z should be bit shorter than fits and on that basis um i put him up in my um uh my two ball um accumulator uh which was um uh scheffler uh against um hadwin which was the sort of banker in there uh and um um your man actually seamus power yeah uh, against uh, Naismith, Naismith, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was great, you know, sort of um, odds that I think it was five to six. Uh, and then I just felt that um, Willie Z, whilst it was close one to call, uh, shouldn't have really been the outsider of the two against Fitz. So that was my uh, my third <laughs> one. So, uh, uh, and of course, when he was on the, the 12th tee with the two shot lead, having, yeah. uh, I mean, he looked, you know, obviously after the slow start and then when he stiffed it on the par three six and from there on through to the 12th hole. Um, he looked like only one winner, um, which was him. Uh, you know, even when he was a shot or two behind, momentum was with him, wasn't it? Sort of coming around the turn, and when the um, uh, when he took uh, took the lead on the eleventh after Fitzy three putted and Sheffer appeared to be stalling, uh, you know, he, he looked for all the world the winner. But then, of course, you, you know, he once he had that two shot lead, um, uh, I'm not necessarily saying the pressure got to him because, of course, he came back well at the end. Um, you know, great shot in 16, a couple of, uh, you know, played 17 and 18 well, couldn't just hold the putts. But, um, uh, yeah, I, th I think, um, like you, you probably have as well, I often find that um, uh, two up with six to play never wins. Uh, <laughs> bet. The, amount, yeah. the amount of times I've had that, two, two in front with six to go and uh, it goes wrong. So, yeah. Uh, um, so there you go. So, uh, but um, it was nice. To, I mean, we've been, I've been on a bad trot the last couple of months, to be honest. So it was uh, uh, nice to at least have someone who was battling for it down the stretch because yeah. that's more. That's what you want, isn't it? You want yeah. some sort of interest, don't you? It's awful yeah, yeah. if your, your players have all gone. But yeah, yeah, it was a nice. I um, 
because of because it's like a Yorkshire thing, and I'm living here in uh, West Yorkshire. Um, so I do know Billy Foster quite well. I've been to his right. house a couple of times. He literally lives about two miles away. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so he's got a lovely this lovely house, beautiful views. Mm. Um, so I've been around now. Do you remember when he did his leg and he couldn't caddy? It, it put he was his... on Sky, wasn't he? he? Was sort of doing because he couldn't caddy. He was yeah. doing, he doing like the sort of master's breakfast and that kind of thing. That's right. Sky. Yeah. So. I... That's the first time I went around there, and he he, he did look like a, a a sort of a sad man who wanted to not be hobbling around. You could sense the frustration in him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I've been back a couple of times, but so I I um so I texted him last night just to say, say well done, mm. and then I woke up this morning uh, to a text just you know, cheers Dave, and then mm. I texted him again saying hope you bring the trophy back to Bingley, which is just near me. It's, that's yeah. where that's his club. Yeah, uh, and, he, and I sent that at, at um, ten past seven our time. Yeah, and then uh, he replied straight away. So I thought, right, he's still up then. Yeah, <laughs> and then he he was still uh, he was still having a good time. I think I still saw the little online on WhatsApp at about four o'clock his time. Uh, so yeah. he had a good night. Yeah, and I'm sure I actually met him in a bar in sawgrass many a moon ago and he was um you know very very happy to chat and what have yeah. you not particularly with, with me but just whoever was around and what have you so uh yeah just a, a nice very, fella yeah seems Top a very fella. Nice, nice fella so um and uh yeah I was, I, was, I was delighted for him i mean that uh that shot on eight i mean as i say i had a sort of as i put on twitter last night i think if ever as much as you know, on my bad trot. Um, if I'd had a hundred to one winner last week, I wouldn't have been uh, bothered at all, and would have almost been rooting for Fitzy all bit. Sort of yeah. money is money, but uh, on on the bad trot I've been on, of course, I, I did want want the winner. And uh, uh, on eighteen, um, when um, Willie Z has striped it down the fairway, and Fitzy's in the bunker, uh, where uh, you know Ram obviously, yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, sort of. Um, uh, had his nightmare on Saturday. I'm almost thinking, you know, he could be looking at a two-shot swing here, and he's just gonna gonna nick it at the end. And uh, I mean, in hindsight, that would have been heartbreaking, obviously, both for Fitz and uh, and for Billy if that had happened. But um, uh, but the shot he hit out of the bunker, uh, oh, fantastic! I, I, yeah, I, I was listening to um, No Lying Ups recap uh, this morning, and they had Harry Higgs on as a guest. Oh, yeah. uh, and Joel Damon, they were both on, and um, they were sort of, you know, they went together. They were sort of chatting. Obviously, they know each other very well, of course, and uh, had the history of the um, Arizona incident where they stripped their tops off earlier this year and what have you, Higgs <laughs> and Damon. Yeah. But uh, Higgs was saying, you know, he was saying, obviously, what a fantastic. He wasn't belittling Fitz in any way or shape or form, saying what a fantastic player he, he is, and you know how he played with him and been hugely impressed with him. But he, he was saying he didn't think that shot was as tough as they were making it out to be on the TV. Uh, the moments made it tough, obviously, but yeah. he didn't think the shot itself was that tough a shot. You, you, yeah. you know, the, the, the lip was really in play. He didn't really have to, uh, uh, you, you know, sort of slice it in in the way that uh, they were necessarily talking about it on Sky and what have you. So, But obviously, yeah, he acknowledged the moment made it a really tough shot, but what a, what a shot. And um, uh, I still yeah, thought, I still thought Will was going to hold the putt, <laughs> to be honest. I did. Right. I thought even halfway through the putt, I thought that's going in, and then yeah. it just didn't quite do it. Did but, it? But, um, um, yeah, yeah, it's been obviously... The Yorkshire connection, all sorts. He's been on the sort of local news and everything. And yeah. I've had text. I had a text from my friend Joanne who said, "Oh, I've just seen 
Matt Fitzpatrick's dad on the telly. I used to work with him at Yorkshire Bank. He was my supervisor. <laughs> all little things like that. <laughs> yeah. So well, so, yeah. Yeah. So it was a nice one to feel all those sort of connections. He did feel like uh, you know one of ours. Yeah. No, it's a fa- fantastic win for him, and all credit to him because he's obviously, like we said about from a betting point of view, he's gone into the week as someone that everyone fancied you know it was at the beginning of the year it would have been even before he was on this great run of form it would have been the event that everyone would have sort of had on the on their card as it were for Fitzy and um and in some ways if he hadn't been playing as well and have been coming as a 66 to one shot with a couple of sort of top 20s here or there you might have been more inclined to chance him because there's a bit of value there and you thought he was coming into a bit of form as it were but um yeah uh there you go and um yeah all credit to him so uh yeah give us give us your first sheffield song then because um (laughs) sheffield music on so give us your first sheffield song in honor of um fitzy well yeah there's there's so many good bands out there from sheffield it's a bit of a hotbed uh for music uh but kind of because of the pod we're on i don't want to go uh near romantic on you and Pick out the Human League, yeah, yeah. even though they are—they are an excellent band with some excellent songs. But yeah. uh, were they BC a Sheffield band as well? I'm imagining that completely. Yeah, Martin that Martin Fry. Fry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so um, my opening one—it's the Arctic Monkeys. I think they're my favourites of the Sheffield uh, bands. And then it's, it's which Arctic Monkeys song do you pick? Um, I was going to pick um, "Do You Look Good on the Dance Floor." Um, yeah, and thinking if that if Fitzpatrick had finished first for strokes game putting, then mm-hmm. somehow that would have the dance would floor in the green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that might have worked um, mm. a bit better. But uh, he was, I think, he was forty second in strokes game putting. Which, yeah, uh, he was fabulous around the greens, wasn't he? With the putting, yeah. I mean, um, I still can't get my head around people putting with a flag sticking. To be honest, but yeah. uh, there you go. We might to say he knows better, obviously. Uh, but um, so, yeah, so, yeah I, I could have come up with something clever uh, with another of their song titles, but I just thought I'd pick my favourite song of theirs, which is uh, "Mardi Bum." Yeah. Um, does does everyone know what Marty means if you in America? Marty sounds like a, a bloke, don't know a fella's name. <laughs> hey, Marty. Well, I get called over there if I go into a yeah. bar in America or a Starbucks in America. When I, yeah. Pebble, when I went to Pebble Beach and was in San Francisco and went into um, a Starbucks <laughs> and they asked, you know, even what have you, and it's um, Martin. Yeah. And, and hey, Marty. To say it to, to, well, I've got used to saying Marty, but for some reason yeah. on this occasion I said Martin. <laughs> and <laughs> I had to repeat it about five times. Um, and eventually I got this drink that had sort of Morton written on it or something like that. So, <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, I have got used to like sort of saying, yeah, it's Marty. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, whether any uh, American listeners will know what uh, Marty means. Yeah, so Mar- well, yeah, it's continue with their lyrics. If you're Marty, you've got a face on. That's probably not yeah. helping, is it? Really, but so it's you've just got the hump. Is that is that? Yeah, just like Ty- Tyrrell yeah. Hatton when he's had a bad day, yeah. or Grayson Murray. Well, uh, I was going to say this then can refer to Grayson Murray's big hissy fit or yeah. number of them hissy fits that he had. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you see what he said on Twitter as well? I think he came. He, on he said he wasn't going to apologize yeah. for. Um, you yeah. know, yeah. it's, your it's your problem. It's your problem. It's our problem. Apparently, <laughs> all right, mate. Yeah, um, I think there's room for some great Grace and Murray in there. In the game, you know, if everyone, all, all, you know, all the villains going across to live. Um, I mean, he's undoubtedly a hugely talented golfer, really, and you know, would be surprised to see him have his have his day again and pop up and win something or something again. But um, uh, he's obviously struggled, hasn't he, over the years? Um, 
and um, yeah, he was having a. Um, I mean, making the cut this week obviously was was good, but uh, I guess there was a few few quid going out. The you know he was setting fire to some money yesterday, wasn't he? Shooting ten over or whatever he shot, and that probably yeah. Uh, he'll be on uh, the he'll be on the phone to the live people, surely. Yeah, well, uh, you, you'd have thought he might have been, but <laughs> unless um, yeah, unless he sees him, like you say, unless he sees himself that there is now a vacancy for. For pantomime villain, villain on PJ Tour, yeah, yeah he, doesn't want, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to be on Kevin Nars team, though, does he? Uh, <laughs> team Firecrackers or whatever they might be, I don't know. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so it's Arctic Monkeys, Mardi Bum, and Mardi is um, basically if you're being a bit dour and miserable. There you go. So yeah, um, but uh, in fact, should we have back-to-back songs because you've got um, uh, a song um, also, not a second song, which sort of. Uh, um, Covers a yeah. bit, of, a bit of Billy Foster, a bit of U.S. Open, and then a bit of Live All in One, I think. So yeah, so um, so Billy Foster uh, is a Leeds United fan. Uh, so we've talked about Yorkshire, West Yorkshire. So he's a Leeds United fan. Uh, obviously, went to qualifying in Leeds today as well. Uh, so I thought I'd go with a Leeds band that again fits in with his podcast called Cud, who yeah. are around probably best known late 80s maybe the start of the 90s um but the singer called carl carl from cud as he was known um to everybody he always used to be out and about where i was so we'd be going to like some indie club and we'd mm. nudge each other there's carl from cud and it was <laughs> it's quite sort of distinctive he he had sort of this sort of curly hair and and glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. he had this very he had, he had a voice that was sort of very sort of impressive like a sort of almost like operatic voice yeah, opera. yeah. so yeah. it was um it seemed like that's because i don't know a lot of indie bands you just sort of getting the song out if you can but he had a proper like taut mm. voice like he could sing in a choir uh, yeah, yeah so yeah so so their famous song or probably in relative terms was a song called rich and strange mm. so i thought that works because strange curtis strange back-to-back mm. us open winner and of course uh, so, on this track yeah one. and one of them was on that track and then rich kind of ties in with all the live stuff doesn't it yeah yeah yeah. But rich yeah. and strange so it is a maybe that yeah. applies to all of the what's going on in golf at the minute rich yeah, and strange so trying, trying to keep a live free zone for one pod this week yeah by the time, <laughs> by the time ben's back on next week to preview the um um the john deere so there's a uh, an early announcement of who we got on next week but uh, the time ben's back on next week we'll be talking about further defections and stuff but let's, could, let's yeah. try and keep it as a happy place yeah. today. But i don't think unless i've missed something on twitter in the last hour or so that anyone's defected today that i know about so um yeah, no, I mean all the rumours. I mean, I've heard mm. probably the same ones as you. I think Ansel yeah. was going to go, wouldn't he? I've heard yeah. Neyman's going to go. Apparently, well, he, I th- yeah, I've, you know, they've been talked about a few of the South American players. But I'm sure yeah. then I read ne- Neyman say that you know he wants to play where the best players are, and that's that's what I don't get. I'm going to talk about it now. <laughs> talk, I don't get why if you're a Neyman um, or um, what you're doing, Morikawa yeah. or, or what have you, or anyone like that. How I mean. You know, of course, you know, it's easy for me to say you don't want the money, etc., because the, the money is obviously it sets someone up for life. But surely, as a golfer who's aspired to be a top level golfer, golfer and watched, you know, Tiger Woods is your idol and what have you, all you're interested in doing at that age is winning events that there's a history to and 
winning major championships and playing on the PGA Tour against the best players, you would think. And, uh, but, um, what, yeah. what, what's, what's happened to the world, Martin, Marty? What's happened yeah, to the world Yeah, well, when, you know. when people have to frame everything in terms of money? Yeah. I don't yeah, get I, it. It's not for me. Yeah, no, I heard you on um, the um, late, I forgot what the official name is, but the late Tea Times, that's it, the, the late Tea Time podcast, where you, uh, yeah. where you steadfastly said that you would, wouldn't take the money, you know, if you were offered, no. um, you know, I, five, I, five um, million to go and be yeah. live, um, uh, live, live um, correspondent or, or what have you. So, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a bit kind of uh, a bit preachy or whatever, but I, yeah. I'm one of these people who, who genuinely will never, ever do the lottery because I'm scared of winning. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want all that money. Honestly, I yeah. don't. Well, you I just could just think, win a nice quarter of a million or something like that. You know? Well, <laughs> th there is an amount, an amount where you go, oh, that'd be quite nice, but yeah. I'd dread it if I won 15 million. It'd be dreadful. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds daft, doesn't it? But I, I kind of, you wouldn't know who your friends were. They'd be sort of sniffing around. You'd be thinking, do they only like me now? And then I'd, I'd feel all this guilt. Why have I got this money? And there's, there's people over there who are starving and people can't afford to feed the kit i couldn't live with it at all yeah but you could do some good with it give it away and you know um yeah even so. then and then i could give the whole 15 million away and then i might 10 years on i might think oh, i wish i had some of that still <laughs> yeah so uh, there's, just, there's no good that, <laughs> that could come from having all that money but i yeah i don't even, even you know the argument when they say oh i wish they'd just come out and say it's for the money i don't because i think that still sounds terrible yeah, and, and, and I, I mean, I, I get, you, you know, I get why a Richard Bland might take the money, you know, and I and I certainly yeah, get, yeah, I get, I, I can get why some yeah, of them are doing it at that time. I'm not, that, time I'm not agreeing with it, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, and I could get why a sort of, um, uh, you, you know, a Peter Uline who's struggled to make the grade on the PGA Tour might take the money, although where he'll be with this in sort of, you, you know, six months' time if the they get the names they want to come over. Um, but uh, as you say, I, I just don't see a logic as to why a Sergio or, or certainly a Dustin Johnson or, or um, you know, a Ta Taylor Gooch. I mean, what's going on there? But there you go. So um, anyway, so um, you'd feel we very digress. strange if you were rich. Uh, and, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a point to that, yeah. Um, and um, I'm sure, check it out, I'm sure... Um, so I wasn't a huge Cud fan, but unless I can get my bands muddled up, I'm sure they had a song called Shame that I really, really liked. That was the one song of theirs that I really liked. I'm going to check that out when we finished on the poll. In fact, I might even um, put it up on my phone in a minute. But um, um, yeah, yeah, I just I'm, I've I've gone into a rant mode now, haven't I? Yeah. If you've got loads of money, why would you why would you then want to buy another car? What's the point of that? Yeah, of course it's all relative, isn't it? So I mean, I could, you, you know, I'm. I mean, if someone offered me ten million tomorrow to write for Live in my situation, yeah, and of course, you know, I'm would gonna, you? Then? Think, I'm not going to say I wouldn't think about it. Yeah, my wife wouldn't let me not think about it. I think, but um, you know, my situation is different. If I had the money, you know, if I had fifty million or twenty million, and I was offered one hundred and fifty million, then. No, I wouldn't see the course. I wouldn't see the need to go and take it. Absolutely. So, because how much money do you need? So I, I do. Yeah, think that's the whole point. How much money do you need? Why, why, my, yeah. Why you know, do you need team. another flash car? How can you yeah. buy a, a seventh flash car and know for an absolute fact 
that there's people starving who could absolutely... Yeah, it's what John Rahm said in his interview. I thought John Rahm spoke as well as anyone, actually, has done. Um, you know, obviously, Rory's been fantastic as a JT, but what John Rahm said about, you know, it's not proper golf, three-round shotgun start. You know, he wants to, you know, win events that meant something to him. Um, etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and he said to me he said when him and his wife Kelly sat down and you know had a initial just not from the point of view of oh shall I go with just a conversation about it yeah uh, they you know they said well how would our life change if I suddenly had 400 million or whatever and he said yeah. that their life wouldn't yeah. change they wouldn't do anything different to what they're doing you know he said he could retire tomorrow uh, yeah. and not play golf and live a comfortable life for him and his family so um you, you know what what's the need but uh, anyway we digress we need to talk about the travelers <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. we'll be here for about three hours but um, yeah, and I love the travellers. It's um, it's a cracking event, and uh, uh, you know, it's one of those. I, I guess you, you probably like me, Dave. That uh, as much as we enjoy doing the, the previewing, and of course, um, enjoy a major championship like we've had, uh, it comes the last couple of weeks come with their challenges of uh, uh, obviously getting our head around Brookline and what it's going to take and all the rest of it. And then the previous week to that, the brand new course in Canada or certainly course hasn't been seen for 15 odd years or something. So I don't know about you, but it's nice to get back to something very familiar <laughs> yeah. like um, TPC River Highlands. We know exactly what we're getting. Um, it's, uh, it's it's a great event. Um, obviously, um, uh, it's a course that Pete Dye, uh, he wasn't the original designer, but he uh, did a redesign. It's sort of classed as a bit of a Pete Dye track. So we, we, we know what we've got the links there, obviously, with your sawgrasses and your Hilton Head and um, uh, the stadium course over for the Amex. Uh, it's past 70, um, under 7,000 yards, uh, bent grass greens with some Powania mixed in, a bit like we, we had last week, basically. Uh, and um, it's a course that um, different types of players have had success at over the years. Uh, you get your, um, I mean, obviously Bubba Watson, it just fits his eye. He's just bombed his way to success uh, here over the years. And I don't know if you saw me put this on Twitter, but I've been waiting for Cam Young to win this <laughs> tournament for about three, four yeah. months, only to find he didn't, he, he's not teeing it up, which was very disappointing because I, you know, earmarked him for it back, back in February or something like that. So uh, uh, that's a real shame. I was hoping he could bomb his way to victory. Um, but um, yeah, so Bubba's obviously a distinct type of player who succeeded here, but then uh, a lot of ball strikers, Harris English last year, Streelman, Ken Duke, um, uh, you know, your Russell Knox, uh, and then your sort of shorter hitter, Ches Reavy, have sort of plotted their way around here. Uh, and then um, obviously Spieth's um, got, got a win here. And um, if we go a little bit further back, Freddie Jakobsen was another sort of strong putter who won here. But uh, it tends to be either the history of, of you know, um, Tita Green men who get hot with a putter for the week uh, or um, Bubba Watson, basically. <laughs> um, so, um, and then, of course, we've got the um, post-major conundrum. So how, how are you approaching it, Dave? What are your keys to uh, unlocking TPC River Highlands? And I know you're a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a master of the post post-majors week or in particular the post-masters week with your Stuart Sink success last year. So how, how, are, you, how are you going into this one? What, what are your views on the course, etc.? Yeah, I think there are. I think there are some patterns in post majors event, and I what one of them I think is to avoid big names that have played well in the major. It's almost like it it hurts them more than a kind of um, lesser player who's played well. Yeah. yeah. So you've you've seen that, and we with Harris English, it's a bit much. Says a lesser player, but he's he's not the top top run, is yeah. he? But uh, so when he won, and then Ches Reavy was the 
probably the better example of yeah. someone who outperformed uh, what all his expectations in the US Open 2019, and then and then uh, came here and and, and mm. excelled. So yeah, and, and similarly, I was reminded of this. Uh, it can also be a good tournament for a for a big name who's not done well in the major. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen that just recently with Spieth. Mm. Somehow missed the cut at Augusta. That just how mm. did that happen? Yeah, goes out and wins Hilton Head the very next week. Mm. Um, so that guided my thinking a bit. I also think looking at the stats, I wanted uh, a good driver of the ball. Yeah, uh, putting does seem quite important. Um, but yeah, good solid sort of tee to green type. So. Do you want me to go with my first pick? Or um, well, I'm going gonna... uh, before we uh, before we get in, into that, just to expand uh, a, a little bit more. Um, if we look at those last ten winners, as I say, we've talked about uh, obviously uh, Harris English last time out, Ches Reeve, and I think the thing just to mention about Bubba is that he has a hopeless U.S. Open record, doesn't he? Yeah. So he would, you know, he's the big name other outside of Spieth, who's, who's won air over the recent years, but I mean, not so much going back to his first win, but uh, he's done nothing, wins, but he, those, he done, yeah. done nothing in the two U.S. Overs. I think we missed the cut. Yeah. Most of right. them. So, um, but um, yeah, so, so like, like you very much, you know, and also how, how do you pick apart those fronts of the market this week? I mean, you've got just looking at the, the betting, um, uh, at the very top of the market, you've got Rory, you've got Scheffler, you've got JT. Cantlay was potentially the one who yeah. appealed to me of those four at the front. Obviously, he sort of picked up as the week went on in the US Open, and, and he's um, obviously not one here, but he's got a good track record here. I think he shot 61 or something, didn't he, as an amateur many a mood ago around here. So, um, so uh, you know, he, he would have been, if I had to go for one of those top four, he, he would have been the one. Um, but... Um, I just decided to swerve them all, to be honest. But um, I wanted to get a song in. Uh, my first song pick was oh, yeah, while, I was, yeah. while I was stalling you from going into <laughs> your first pick because uh, um, we've um, been last week, we were in what is loosely called New England. Uh, and we are in um, New England again. I think there's six, six states, is there, in America that get sort of lumped under the New England umbrella. Massachusetts is one and Connecticut is another. Um, so I'm going for a Billy Bragg tune for my first tune for the playlist. Uh, and don't uh, yeah. forget, you can listen to this back. We put it out on Spotify afterwards. Um, so Billy Bragg, um, as I'm sure you remember, Dave, did the original version of A New England, or New England here for the purpose of this, uh, 1983, um, the original version came out. I think Kirsty McColl, the late, great Kirsty McColl, then uh, covered it and perhaps made it a more well-known song. But um, Billy Bragg um, on his um, Life's a Riot of Spy versus Spy album um, from 1983. Uh, and um, I will, we've talked about, on the, we've talked about the Festive 50 on the pod before, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course that will mean nothing to American listeners, but John Peel's Festive 50. Uh, and um, I remember just always a phrase that stuck in my head, and I'm not going to do my John Peel accent because I'd make a right mess of it. But when this was high up in the festive 50, this <laughs> song, um, John Peel came out with the immortal line about the album. He said something like, and all for the price of a mushroom biryani. <laughs> uh, and I never forget him saying that, um, uh, that uh, you get this fabulous album from Billy Bragg for the price of a mushroom biryani. So, plus, um, plus there's, there's every reason for Billy to brag, isn't there? 
Yes, really that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't thought of that. So, uh, so that's my first musical pick this week. Um, New England by Billy Bragg. Um, and um, yeah, so just before we give us your first pick, was there any of those at the top? If you'd had to plump for one, did Rory or Scheffler or Peel or JT or, or just completely aligned through them and um, yeah, moved, moved on down as it were? No, because they were either contending or in the case yeah. of Thomas, he fell away disappointingly. Yeah. So in terms of the psychology of it, the, the one I would go for if I if someone said you've got to pick one of those would be Cantley because yeah. he's terrible at majors, but he kind of snuck up the board, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. It, it was kind of thinking, well, this one's gone, but rather than fade away to 50th, yeah, he worked his way up it, didn't he? So yeah. he, he might just then think, oh, right, okay, I've learned a little bit on that weekend. That that, that gives me some major momentum going yeah. to um going to St Andrews and I did notice I tweeted this actually normally he just plays this event and then that's it yeah. until the open and he wonders why he never does well in Mays oh, yeah. I don't think he gets his prep wrong but this yeah. time he's, he's signed up for the Scottish Open yes yeah saw that yeah. Yeah. so um, that might uh, work in his favour so yeah, yeah, but what was he fought? You can get some 40, 16. 16s if you want the five places. If you're looking at each way, so, William Hill got William Hill eight mate. places. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like like you, I've, I've swerved that top end. So, um, uh, give us your first man then. Uh, who have got, have you got your money on? Yeah, so the trends pick flop Sung Jae M. I'm going to give him another chance. Okay, uh, so you can get thirty three to one. Um, I think he was actually shorter than that. In some places last week, he was really fancied, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But it yeah. could be one of those where sometimes everyone's thinking, right, this is the time, and then it, it comes a week later. So a bit like Spieth in the fact that he thought he probably would do well there, but he's he's missed the cut right on the number, shot a pair of 72s. Yeah, yeah. So nothing yeah. particularly wrong with that. Mm. Um, and then he's, he's coming to uh, this course. It's a par 70, which means two extra par fours. He's second in... Par four scoring, which is good. Yeah, I like that. Very good driver of the ball. Very good. You know, look at look at some of his stats. It's all, it's all good. Eighth greens in reg. Uh, he's twelfth off the tee. Uh, ninth tee to green. He's always a pretty decent putter. He's always around sort of fiftieth to seventieth on the putting stats for the year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought. He, I mean, he was playing really nicely, wasn't he, before going into that. US Open. It was he was, a, yeah. As you say, it was quietly fancied, wasn't it? Yeah. I actually played with one of my DK teams, and um, yeah, yeah so he left, you know, it sort of. So, but rather than just put him on the naughty step and say, right, that's you done. I'm, yeah, I think I'm guilty of that jumping horses too quickly mm. if he's not yeah. delivered straight away. Sometimes it's nice to have a little project in it and back him for a, a few events. But yeah. yeah, before that, he was tenth Memorial, fifteenth. Charles Schwab. So he had some momentum. It's I just think it's a little blip, but he can mm. kick on again. He's not got yeah. amazing for me. He was 21st on debut with a closing 66. Yeah. Um most of yeah, most of his rounds are good here. He's he's just not quite got got in amongst it. He was 58th the last time in 2020, but I did look at his form and it was pretty wretched. Yeah. It was, it was when uh, he was trying to get back in the swing of things after the COVID break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't a post major yeah. event that year, was it? It was um, a different. Yeah, time so of it was year, a bit and odd. Of course, played but, a bit different. But even then, he shot three of his rounds were sixty-eight, so <laughs> it wasn't too bad. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to give him another chance at thirty-threes. 
Can't argue with that. And uh, have you got a tune for him? Um, hmm. I'm sure well, you did have a tune for him. So. Yeah. Well, I've done two already. So thinking on my feet, those tunes have already been sung. Sung, sung, Jayim. Oh, yes, very good. Very good. Very good. That. Um, yeah, no, I think um, with you going to roll in with your um, traveling 2,000 miles. Um, oh, right. Well, yeah. To tee you up there to uh, knock yeah, it down the middle, as it were. Yeah, so I was thinking uh, traveling. Uh, so uh, a song. I'll tell you why this one springs to mind. I don't know if you watched the documentary about the Sex Pistols. Did you watch that? Uh, what, not a documentary, you, the drama. Do you have, do you have to pay for Disney? Because um, it's uh, You, you do, do, but you can sort of cancel it after a week. Right, okay. So I, might, cause I would quite like to watch it. So. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it there's was a, a guy who, um, sorry to bust in, but there's a guy who is where, where I live. I just saw this in the local paper. Uh, and he's a local <laughs> local DJ. Uh, and um, I've also played snooker against him in the local snooker league in, in years gone by as well. Um, and I believe he's got a bit, he's a unbeknown to me, he's also like just a bit extra work as acting and what have you. And this was in the local, um, say paper, local online paper, uh, that he had got a part in it um, as a publican in a was it a Leeds, Leeds pub or something like that or a Yorkshire pub or bar or something like that I don't know maybe I'm just thinking Leeds we've been talking about Leeds but uh, have you have you seen the whole thing or is it like on week on week or have you watched no I've, I've watched the whole thing right. okay. so can you think six, of where I'm sure, I'm sure they're probably in quite a lot of pubs but can you think of any bits in it where I mean I assume it's probably literally only like a there's a know, bit where there's two girls from, or something there's, so, a, there's a bit where there's two girls from Huddersfield there's a that's the sort of Yorkshire link, I think, right. where they go oh. down to the shop that's run by yeah, um, Malcolm maybe McLaren. Right, maybe it's not uh, Yorkshire. Maybe I'm imagining that. But Manchester. He's, um, he's in a. He's in a, apparently. He's a, I'm sure he's a publican in a bar somewhere. But um, okay. Anyway, so but anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I I like the Sex Pistols. Yeah, uh, they're not my favourite punk band. I like the Buzzcocks better than the Sex Pistols, yeah. but they are yeah. massively influential. I, I can. I'm old enough where I can remember being really little and being really scared of Sid Vicious. Yeah. Thinking, oh my God, he's, <laughs> you know, how can anyone be like that? And because he was sort of like slashing himself and um, yeah, yeah. that famous clip when he walks down the steps singing My Way and shoots into yeah. the crowd. And I didn't know whether that was real or what. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but I've always quite liked John Lydon. No, yeah. He's always come across as quite yeah. amusing. Yeah. Um, but but part of their story was when when they um, when they sort of got together. Chrissy Hind is very much in that scene mm. down in London. Chrissy mm. Hind from the Pretenders. Yeah. So I think that's what put her in my mind. And then yeah. Pretenders. Oh, two thousand miles. Uh, it's always always comes on at Christmas, doesn't it? Even though I don't yeah. think it's um, originally written as a Christmas song, but it's a really good song by the Pretenders. Yeah. But she's got that big. A link to the Sex Pistols, and that was just on my mind. So I thought that 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 just about uh, worked. Tra- traveling two thousand miles, which is yes. uh, I'm not going to claim to know the distance from Korea to uh, uh, back to America, <laughs> but uh, Song Jay got stuck over there with his COVID, didn't he? I missed the PDA, yes. so he had a long long travel back. But uh, um, okay, so Song Jay's the first pick. My first pick, and it sort of actually follows slightly on the theme you mentioned earlier uh, about bigger names who haven't necessarily performed particularly well in the major the week before, perhaps uh, do, doing quite well at a sort of post-major event or, you know, like Bobber has here. Um, I'm going to take a chance with Webb Simpson 
for my first pick. Uh, and um, obviously, Webb is um, been somewhat, shall we say, under the radar or out of the spotlight or, or what have you in the last, uh, uh, well, certainly through 2022. And that's very much reflected in his odds this week. I mean, if you want the five places, you can get some 66 to one or the six places. But um, uh, I've taken the eight places at 55 to one. Um and um, I picked up on the fact that, I mean, obviously he had a couple of better finishes. He had a shoulder injury earlier in the year, some kind of disc out or something, I think, or sorry, neck injury, uh, some kind of disc out in his, his neck. And uh, um, and that uh, derailed him. I think uh, he was off for two months between Sony and Sawgrass. Uh, and uh, it's been a real struggle initially after he came back, his approach play and, you know, his greens in regs number, he's down in the 140s for the season or something. And, uh, you know, sort of, 80th or 90th in strokes gained approach and something like that so uh you know an area he was always pretty reliable on uh had gone out the window really and um uh but i picked up on the fact that obviously he played better at the pga and then at the charles schwab um 20th at the pga and 27th at the charles schwab um albeit he missed the cut at the us open uh but um what i picked up on particularly at the pga was he, he apparently put a new set of irons in his bag Okay. Uh, and um, he, um, I, I saw an interview with him after. I saw an interview that he did after day one. This is before he shot sixty-five on Saturday. Before he struggled on day two, but on day one he talked about how the these new irons, tightest I think they are. Um, I think he's with tightest really, but just different set. Uh, had really helped him to get back on track with um, you know his wayward approach play, which was normally one of his strengths. And he was really loving them in. They just really worked basically in practice, and he'd put them in that week for a major, and uh, he was delighted with how they sort of um, performed on the Friday, on the Thursday. Uh, and then he shot 65 on the Saturday to rocket up the field. So obviously he uh, um, must have hit the ball pretty nicely again then. And um, as I say, he ended up finishing 20th. Uh, following week, 27th at the Charles Schwab. Uh, again, positive numbers with the approach play. Uh, and even the missed cut um, at um, US Open. Um, you know, missed a couple of numbers, so it wasn't a disaster. Uh, but um, he was uh, in the sort of positive numbers on, on approach play. Uh, to be fair, it's the putter that's actually been letting him down as well, and as much as, if not more now, than the um, iron play, which has turned a corner. But uh, uh, he's always been a bit of a streaky putter, and, uh, you, you know, when he suddenly starts holding them, then um, uh, they're going from everywhere. But uh, uh, I think the point was, from, from my point of view, that... Um, now that uh, he does seem to have turned a little bit of a corner, uh, of course, although he's never won here, he's got a couple of top fives, but this is exactly the sort of track that he would have success on. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the links are all there for everyone to see, of course, Hilton Heads, Sawgrass, um, uh, you know, um, uh, he's lost in a playoff to Bubba in um, New, New Orleans back in the day, which is another uh, die design. He's lost in a couple of playoffs at the RSM. So, and of course, Wyndham, he, he's won out. So anything that's uh, anything that's short past 70 uh, or a shorter 71 or, or, or whatever is, is, is his bread and butter uh, um, or a short, you know, obviously, Sawgrass is 72, but again, a short peak die course. So, um, so um, yeah, if he's going to find his game and get himself up the FedEx standings, then um, this is really the sort of track, uh, probably his best opportunity between now and when we get to Sedgefield in a sort of six, eight weeks' time or, or whatever. So, um, so I would like to think that uh, the US Open missed cut on the number isn't really um, yeah. too much to worry about. And uh, yeah. um, I just thought it was worth chancing, really. 
So yeah. that's uh, that's my first pick, Webb Simpson, uh, and uh, fifty-five to one, one point each way for eight places. Um, I believe our next pick um, is um, someone we're both on. So I'm going to let, so because I've got six selections this week and you've only got three, uh, I'm going to let you uh, talk us through the next man. But um, uh, I've actually got a song from though. But uh, I'm going to let you talk us through the next man because um, yeah, we're both on him. So far away. Yeah, uh, Danny McCarthy. Uh, so I mentioned before that. Uh, there was a, this recent history of players uh, playing really well in the US Open and then uh, coming to this event straight afterwards. And it wasn't just there. The, you know, the US Open wasn't just a little moment in the sun. That wasn't like the peak. It was just sort of a portent of what was to come. And, and who knows with Denny McCarthy, he really you know, outperformed all expectations. Although... He was fifth at Memorial, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so you know you can't say it came out of the blue, but I just no. thought people maybe were thinking on that course, you know, he maybe found out he's mm. driving a little bit. Um, but you know, he, he was positive strokes T to green, which is good. He's not often yeah. that. It's other parts of his game uh, that he's uh, best known for, i.e., his putting. Uh, yeah, and that was as good as ever, wasn't it? Really, he was fifth yeah. in strokes game putting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm counting down here. His last five events, he's been in the top seven for strokes game putting in all of them. Yeah. So, that, yeah. so the thing he's best known for, he's doing really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he can kick on from that. The, the, the obvious negative, uh, which you'll know all about, is course form. It doesn't seem to be there on first glance, mm. but... On debut in 2018, he shot middle rounds of 68-66. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. 2019, he shot even par for the week. You yeah, know, okay. Yeah. 2020, well, he shot 67 and then withdrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, we, do we recall why? Uh, I don't, yeah, no. Don't, don't no. Remember, but I assume it was illness or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, obviously yeah. It, it, it put a 67 down yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in round one, so that was decent. Yeah. And, then eight, and last year, uh, a second round 66. So yeah. he has scored on this course. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. It, there doesn't seem an obvious reason in this sort of form, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, some really good form that he's got. Yeah. Um, I mean, he made the cut in the US PGA as well. So yeah. it's just a player that's starting to, to you know, really come into his own. I actually had a funny thought in my head when I was watching uh, the, the coverage at, at the US Open. Because I don't know about you, sometimes you have players in mind that are certain sort of prices. Mm. So I sort of said to myself, which I don't know why I was talking to myself, uh, I said, there goes there goes any hope of getting Denny McCarthy 80 to 1 ever again in a sort of middling event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as it happens, he's not that far off. Is he? I think one book he's got him at 70, Unibet, six yeah, places. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm happy with the 66. Yeah, absolutely 66 great eight places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 66 is fairly common. So I, th yeah. yeah, I thought he'd be collared a little bit more than that. I know there's some good names at the top, but if we're yeah. willing to pass them over for, and, and we are because history says it's not smart to mm. to just follow big guns who've contended in a major. Uh, yeah. Then I think Denny McCarthy. He whereas a lot of those will come out, you know, McElroy Thomas. Mm. Scheffler will come out with some regrets at what happened. Yeah. McCarthy will just come out of the US. I'm thinking, what a week! I loved it. 
Yeah, although he did, he did look frustrated when he bogeyed the last. Um, yeah, we well, bounced right, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he did shoot at power sixty eights on the weekend. I mean, that's superb. Yeah, goal, that's, I mean, he was um, yeah, he, he struggled on the first day, didn't yeah. he? And then I think he was five over through twelve holes or something. Then you know got it got it back to just make the cut on the number, and then obviously uh, Saturday got him flying through the field. But uh, yeah, but like just, you say, it's, it's, sorry, it's just that idea, isn't there? That you could say, oh, he's just had a golden week, but it's come on the back of a fifth at Memorial. <laughs> Yeah, you know, his ball strike, that's the point I was about to make. Not well, you've touched on it already. I mean, his, his ball striking, which normally lets him down hugely. Uh, he was 17th um, tee to green at Memorial um, and 30th in approach play. Yeah. Uh, and then in the US Open, he was um, 17th in approach play uh, and actually f- fifth in um, greens in reg. So uh, so my logic here really was, uh, as you say, I wasn't looking so much bothered about the course form. He's got a lot of good form or decent form on shorter past seventies, uh, you know, across um, across the tour. So uh, I wasn't so fussed about the lack of course form. But um, uh, my logic here was uh, there is a little bit of possible rain in the forecast. The week progresses, maybe in a storm and what have you. Uh, so if the course gets softened up, there's not there any wind in the forecast from what I can see at the moment. You know, we could just be looking at a you know, a birdie fest with a hot putter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if, if he keeps hitting it as well as he has been from tee to green, then there's probably no one, you know, you'd fancy um, sort of having more in a uh, in a putting contest, basically. And that includes Absolutely. big names. You know, he's yeah. uh, statistically the, probably the best putter on average on tour over the last two or three years or something like that. So um, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you all the way. And um, I believe Denny McCarthy comes from uh, a place called Rockville in Maryland originally. Right. Uh, he was born. Uh, and um, this stuck in my head when I stumbled across this fact earlier in the season because I thought um, if I'm ever going to put <laughs> Denny McCarthy up, uh, the song that sprung straight into my head was uh, Don't Go Back to Rockville by R.E.M. I don't know, if you yeah. know that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, um, which apparently, and I didn't know this until I um, Googled it earlier, I'll confess, there's uh, written by Mike Mills about a girl he was seeing uh, who apparently came from Rockville. And uh, it was, um, you, you know, he just thought it was a great line for a song, you know, don't go back to Rockville. She was talking about going back home. So, uh, um, so it comes from their 1984 album, Reckoning. Uh, and that's my song for Denny McCarthy, Don't Go Back to Rockville. There is uh, actually, yeah, very good choice that. I like, I, I like that song. There is that. Do you remember? There is actually a, an indie pop band called McCarthy. Uh, I didn't. Oh, actually, do I know? Yeah, maybe. Which we don't yeah. even have to play around with the name. Yeah. They were just called McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. No, vaguely rings a bell. Actually, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like from the sort of indie pop genre, which I'm a yeah. big fan of. So they 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 had quite a few EPs that I've I've got. Yeah, I am oh. a wallet. Okay. Um, they were quite sort of sort of left wing. Do you remember that red or was it red, red wedge? Red wedge, or? yes, yeah. yeah, Billy, well, Billy, Billy Bragg, Bragg. So it's yeah, all linking together Bragg, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh well, next time I pick Denny McCarthy, we'll have uh, we'll have some yeah. McCarthy then uh, if they've got any stuff on Spotify. Anyway, um, so yeah, my my next song, "Don't Go Back to Rockville" by REM uh, for Denny McCarthy, and hopefully go back to Rockville with a trophy to show off. Uh, and my next pick. Um, if um, you'll allow me to carry on, Dave, my next pick is Brendan Steele. Uh, and um, talked already earlier about uh, how this this event sort of has got a bit of a history of um, uh, ball strikers getting the job done. Uh, Harris English, obviously, example last year. Ken Duke, um, ball striker renowned back in the day. Russell Knox, Kevin Streelman, um, all really solid sort of tee to green players. Um, Ches Ches Reeve, not so much a ball striker, but certainly a 
sort of a uh, you know sort of accuracy off the tee certainly very much his thing but uh, I'd very much put Brendan Steele in the sort of Harris English Russell Knox type sort of category not saying he's as good a player as Harris English uh, uh, or Harris English on his day um, so um, and and Brendan Steele after a bit of a miserable early part of 2022 seems to have uh, uh, turned it around uh, somewhat and um, he's been on a fine run of results of, of late uh uh, and um, uh, he was um, top 10 at the PGA, uh, top 10 at, um, uh, was it the Memorial? He was top 10 as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he's got back-to-back top 10s, basically his last two starts. Uh, and he's been in the top 10 in approach play in both of those uh, those events. Uh, oh, sorry, 11th at Muirfield Village, um, actually, I tell a lie. Uh, and in the top 10, um, fourth at the PGA in approach play. So he's really striping it at the moment. Uh, and um, he, He's got some reasonable history here. Uh, he's got a couple of top fives. A lot of the winners, I don't know if you noticed this, Dave, a lot of the winners here over the years, and, um, you know, there has been a couple of debutantes, but we've also had players who have made sort of many starts. You know, Harris English had quite a you know, few starts here. Ches Reevy, uh, Bubba, obviously, once he'd got past that first initial, initial win. Um, so it's the sort of player where, uh, sort of course, where a player, you know, might have played seven or eight times and then um, uh, goes and picks up a win. So um, so Brendan Steele appealed to me. I know his price has crashed a little bit from when he was, uh, I think, Jamie Worsley put him up at three figures plus last was time um, yeah. we, we, he was on the pod um, at Memorial. But um, uh, we, um, we're now looking at 66s. But um, I, again, I think that's more than fair. He's uh, he's obviously in a nice little run at the moment. Uh, he's, had a, he's had a week off. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to go with Brendan Steele for my next selection uh, yeah. at um, 66 to 1. Um, well, just quickly back to somebody you mentioned there as a previous winner of the Travellers, yeah. Ken Duke. Yes, that, Later that summer, I'm I'm at Ken Duke in a chip shop in Muirfield. Well, wow. uh, and um, there's half man off biscuits I, I, on I there think, somewhere, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think I bemused him because do you remember when he won? He sort of did this look to camera and sort of pumped his fist. Yeah, it was like a scene from a film where like the little guy has won, yeah. beating all these big stars. Uh, so I remember I photographed the TV screen at the time just because it sort of made me chuckle and. <laughs> Then when I saw him in the chip shop, I went, "Oh, Ken, have a look at this." <laughs> and then, <laughs> so he sort of, yeah, and then it's a picture of you on my phone, and he's <laughs> he said something sort of diplomatic, like, "Huh, what a great guy," uh, about himself on the on the photo. Probably <laughs> thinking, "Please, can I get out of here?" <laughs> Probably a bit, a bit like that episode of Alan Partridge, where yeah. all the pictures of uh, yeah. Partridge in his house when he takes him back there or something. He thinks you're some weird stalker. But uh, didn't he beat Hunter Mayhan in a playoff? Or am I getting that um, muddled when he won that? He beat um, uh, Chris Stroud in a playoff. Right. So did he then lose to Hunter Mayhan in a playoff somewhere? Something makes me think he um he had a playoff with Hunter Mayhan, but uh, maybe I'm imagining that somewhere. But um, yeah. Um, but uh, that was his moment of glory, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his moment of glory. Tour, anyway, when so. they make the film, they make a golf film. Ken, the Ken Duke look to camera. That should be part of it. It's an yeah, iconic he's quite image. Well on the Champions Tour at the moment, isn't he? He's playing pretty well on the Champions Tour. I'm not imagining that as well. It was he, mate. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I sort yeah. Of, yeah. Me, and Ken, me and Ken are <laughs> estranged. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think he's producing some um, uh, reasonable form on the Champions Tour. I'm going to check that out in a second. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, 
Brendan Steele was my next one. And, and um, apologies, I'm going to go through one more before we get on to your next one, because I've got my six and you've got your three. So I need to get a couple of them out of the way. So um, so my my next selection is um, Sahith Thagala. Uh, and a um, uh, bit, um, bit, little bit more of a hunch, really, because there's nothing hugely to go on for Sahith Thagala in relation to this course. Uh, but um, I, I like to sort of go down a few rabbit holes and uh, actually i've got a rabbit hole a bit a bit later but uh, um uh, the rabbit hole i'm going down here is that when Thigala sort of first started appearing on our screens um uh, sort of um you know at the beginning of this season and obviously uh, you know putting in some good efforts uh he everyone talked about and i read a couple of pieces online about it as well that he was very much a field player out of the bubba watson mold likes to shape the ball both ways and um uh you know see see, see the shots sort of uh uh in, in the way bubba does so I, I sort of just immediately had that thought okay well bubba loves tpc river highlands so uh maybe sahith will love tbc river highlands bit of a uh, bit of a tenuous link but um, of course on top of that he's actually playing some great golf uh and he's made um nine straight cuts um uh you know of um of, of late uh, on the spin uh he um uh, just going back to his recent results uh, i think um he was up there in uh, at the memorial i think he played well at memorial uh posted a top 10 there i mean he's he's popped up uh, obviously phoenix is uh, the scene of his best performance uh, this season uh, where he was runner up and the other thing i quite liked is there's um a pretty good link between um, Phoenix and some of the winners uh, here. So uh, uh, Harris English has um, got a top three at Phoenix. Ches Reeve's got a couple of top fives in his last uh, three or four starts over in Phoenix. Uh, uh, Bubba's done everything that win at Phoenix. Um, uh, and uh, another sort of correlating course link is that Kevin Streelman's other win uh, to here came at Copperhead. And um, Figala um, has posted one of his other best finishes this season uh, at the Copperhead course. So, so um, I mean, he's done enough. You know, he's obviously been in great form uh, this year as a whole. He's consistent for a rookie, uh, and he's posted enough top tens uh, that uh, we know surprised to see him pop up with another sort of um, you know place finish. Uh, and um, as I say, I just thought um, this course might suit his eye just on the sort of Bubba type of style of player. So um, uh, I'm going with Sahith Thagala, uh, and um, in our sort of um, um mode we're going down this week of sort of um late 80s 90s sort of alternative bands um uh do you remember swerve driver uh, yeah David yeah. yeah so uh obviously uh in honor of bubba on this course and sahith if he plays a bit like bubba uh bubba's obviously very much a swerve driver so sort of, uh, <laughs> swerving it here there and everywhere so i'm uh putting in rave down by swerve driver from their 1990 ep rave down uh, uh and um i guess they were sort of an alternative grungy sort of well um a band actually went on to do quite well in america uh and um bizarrely um from where i'm in where i'm from originally in the backwaters of essex uh the guitarist, or sorry, the bass player, uh, who ended up joining Swerve Driver and being in them for many years and moving out to LA or, or whatever, uh, was from about two roads around the corner from me. And uh, you sort of used to know him a bit like you were saying about um, um, the guy from Cud down the local pub. Uh, this guy was a sort of, you know, just an indie kid from down the local pub in Essex that you'd sort of uh, uh, chat to from time to time, went to the local comp. And uh, so the story goes, he was out in Camden one night and said, um, I believe you need a new bass player, I'm your man. And 
they uh, uh, they took him on, and um, the rest was history. So, um, excellent, uh, Stephen George, wherever you are now, um, hope you're enjoying life still somewhere. And um, uh, yeah, um, so it's rave down by Swerve Driver uh, is my next track, and. Um, do you remember Back to the Planet, by the way, talking of um, weird indie bands from the early 90s and the crusty genre? Do you remember Back to the Planet? Um, they were of the levelers type sort of ilk. Yeah, uh, I, I very much didn't like crusty. Yeah, as, as actually, I thought about um, having the levelers on this pod because of no. that traveler <laughs> type connection. Yes. Um, but um, uh, the only reason I mentioned Back to the Planet is Fraggle from Back to the Planet was also from about two roads around the corner from me in uh, Essex. So there's obviously something in the water in that part of Essex that created uh, um, indie rock stars, um, which I'm not one, obviously. Well, um, what, what were other bands of that genre then? Well, the the crusty genre. Yeah. Um, crusty is a good name. The planet. Um, the levelers were the obvious yeah, ones. The levelers um, were like the poster boys. Of, of, of tentacles. Did they come under that genre? Do you remember them yeah. at all? So, um, uh, but um, Car Carter, the unstoppable. No, I don't go. No, yeah, Ar Thompson, who picks Carter every week and got them on the pod the other week. He wouldn't want you calling them crusty. So, uh, uh, mm. yeah, he got a Carter. They must have had some crusty friends who like. Yeah. Them. So, <clears> but, throat> uh, throat> no, the, the levelers were the obvious ones, weren't they? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to the planet as well. So, yeah. Um, um, there was one. Was it Chumba Wumba before they had their uh, success <laughs> with um, yeah, drinking they song? They were a bit in there yeah. uh, before they um, sold out, as it were. Um, right. but, new but, model but, army. New model army. Yeah. Well. Actually, I looked. It's funny you should mention Doom Model Army because they were also nearly on this pod because of the Cromwell connections. We're in Cromwell, Connecticut, and oh. um, uh, obviously, uh, am I am I right here? New Model Army was something to do with Oliver Cromwell. That was where the, the phrase something like yeah, something yeah. like that yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so I actually uh, thought about. Um, four o'clock in the morning or whatever that song was that they had for the pod. So uh, yeah, they, um, all their fans used to wear sort of massive boots with pod. no laces in. Yeah. I had a mate in Essex who now actually lives in LA. Um, he moved out to, uh, to LA because he, uh, uh, he went on a holiday out there for his, no, he went to Vegas for his brother's stag do, uh, met a girl in Vegas who lived in LA uh, and up sticks and moved his whole life to LA. Really? And, um, to the best of my knowledge, lives there still. Um, of course, he completely lost touch with him, and um, yeah, made a great life <laughs> himself out of there. My, so, uh, um, my, but he my... was. Um, sorry, I was going to say, because the connection to this guy was, um, or the connection to the story to this guy was, um, he was very much into his um, uh, clogs and boots, and he took a trip from uh, uh, from Essex up to um, Keithley or somewhere one day to um, uh, buy himself a. a, a pair of authenticated clogs from yorkshire so because he was a huge new model army fan so oh, there you wow. go yeah they so, were very big round here yeah, uh, yeah. i was going to say my brother my brother had his stag do in vegas but i didn't end up moving to america <laughs> yeah, no, this time, i mean that was the say i mean i hope you know i've completely lost touch i hope he's still in la and happily married and it's not all gone wrong and what have you but touchwood he's still out there and happily married uh but um he was a he worked at a box as a box cutter or something like that you know as in the sort of um uh die and tool cutter for boxes cardboard packaging that kind of thing you know making right. boxes i don't, don't um you know even pretend to understand exactly what it was but when he moved he's he's, he's wife um to be was somehow in the show business world i believe she worked for a, um, a magician 
Uh, <laughs> uh, quite a while. This is why she was in Vegas because the magician was like doing a show in Vegas. Uh, and he ended up when he moved to LA, he ended up getting a job as a stage, um, you know, maker and you know, sort of uh, uh, in in the sort of you know for this. In, in the sort of celebrity set, magician set or whatever, because that was obviously what he was good at, sort of, you know, making things with wood, basically. So, um, so uh, uh, yeah, so um, all credit to him. Yeah, he completely um, changed his life. I, I, I've seen a, I've seen a magician in Vegas, but it it wasn't, um, it used to be Siegfried and Roy, didn't it? They they were like the, the headliners for, for years. Right, okay. Uh, no, I don't, uh, I don't that's, know. That's uh, my, my sort of secret. I've, I've been to Vegas about 15 times. Oh, wow. Well, I've, yeah. I've never been. I've driven through it. I'm round yeah. there. I actually stopped there. Um, oh, I've, uh, yeah. I've, I've had weddings, stag do's, honeymoons, or everything you can think of as an excuse to go to Vegas. Yeah, and I'm hoping to go. Actually, before... Um, covid and all the rest of it after i backed uh martin laird to win in vegas a couple of years ago i sort of vowed that the following year i would uh take a trip to vegas on the martin laird winnings for the uh uh the shriners the following year but then of course um uh that um um wasn't available with obviously all the traveling and all the rest of it so uh, right. table so so that's still something i hope to do at some point yeah um, i've just i've just i've just recalled the magician i saw in vegas we are going off here aren't we yeah it, it was called Lance Burton. Um, All right, okay. And he was excellent. And I imagine um, he probably this was a this was in the nineties. I imagine he looks the same now. I reckon uh, he he would have had some work. I think yeah. he's had some magic done on his face. <laughs> yeah, let's say. Um, Tell us about King Mitchell. Yes, I think we need to get back to the golf. Um, just before that, though, I, I I can't believe I didn't follow this through. But you know. We, we were talking about Ken Duke. Yeah. So I had a great one, but then I, I don't think I, I, I must have like lost focus, but I had Ken Duke, Dukes of Hazard. Mm -hmm. Bubba Watson bought the General Lee from the Dukes of he Hazard. He did, yes. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. And so, then I think I must have got called away to do something and I forgot to then take the link further, but maybe the theme tune for the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. could have been a song, couldn't it? But I don't know quite what you do with that in the end. Yeah, well, oh. I'll, I'll think about it next time I'm picking Bubba. Uh, yeah. Picking Bubba boss Hog. Is there a Boss yeah, Hog? Yeah, there was a band called Boss Hog, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've missed a trick. Hog, yeah, some kind of American um, yeah. uh, sort of almost like a sort of sonic youthy type sort of thing. From right. But um, yeah, um, but Bubba's off to live, isn't he? So the rumour goes. So once he's healthy again, so we might not get to pick him again. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, Keith Mitchell, I believe. Uh, Keith your... Mitchell. Yes, tell us about Keith. Yeah. Um, again, Matt, I think in these tournaments, I think I always like to pick one who didn't play in the major, mm. just in case everyone is staggering around, bemused and beaten up by the course. Yeah. And maybe someone coming in fresh uh, could could do something. He's, he's had a couple of really nice runs this year, Keith Mitchell. At the start of the year, he was really good. He was seventh Sony, twelfth yeah. Pebble Beach, tenth Phoenix, ninth the Honda, thirteenth mm -hmm. uh, the Players, another Pete Dye. Yeah. And then he went off the boil a bit, but then he's come back. Last two events, he was eighteenth at Memorial, and then followed that with seventh in Canada last time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we used to uh, pigeonhole Keith Mitchell as you had to back him on Bermuda Greens, didn't you? And that was, yeah, that yeah, was all yeah. you could possibly do with him. Yeah. Um, but I think that's become a bit. That's a bit too simplistic now because 
the the greens in the Canada Open, the Canadian Open, I think they were they were bent grass. Mm. Yeah, um, and he had his best putting performance uh, for for weeks, months, even. Mm. And if, if you go back to some of the places where you think, oh, I bet he put it great there. So the Arnold Palmer, he lost strokes on the greens. Mm. Sawgrass, even though he was thirteenth, he, he yeah. did that via other methods. He only gained a shot in a bit. Gained nearly four strokes in Canada. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I was kind of looking for this. I said before at the start, what what do you need? Mm. I I like a good drive and a good putter. Well. The last few events, his driving's been excellent. PGA yeah. fourth off the tee, mm. Memorial he drove it really well. Third off the tee in Canada, mm. uh, and the putting's been really good on on different surfaces. Yeah. the The other thing I had to look at um, was on data golf. They they break down it by yardage and which kind of yardage is most relevant or or will be hit from that range more so than an average event. Mm. And at TPC River Highlands, it seemed you're hitting a lot of 150 to 175 yard shots, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a metric which they measure. Yeah. And he was quite high up in that, 31st. Right, okay. So I thought that could be playing to his strengths. But yeah. again, we come back to the downside of course form. It doesn't yeah. look good at all. Mm. But... Again, you look at his round scores. It's not an awful. He didn't. He genuinely didn't play well there last year. Mm. But uh, the previous year, two thousand twenty, sixty nine, sixty eight, shot mm. four rounds of par or better on his debut on his only mm. other appearance there. It's, so it's the form thing, really. It's the yeah, form yeah. of of Canada and before that Memorial. It's slightly yeah. an element of him having the week off and he'll yeah, yeah. be fresher. And just I yeah. think he's doing the he's doing the things you need to do well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, what what can we get? Sixty six, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith yeah. Mitchell. Oh, is that well? He's actually eighties in a place. Yeah, that's five so. places. Yeah, yeah. No, if you so, want your eight places, I think we're looking yeah. at. Um, so you could uh, go eighties. He's sixty six, eight. Seventies actually for seventies um, with Skybet. That's, yeah, for, for eight places. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, I think that's quite a big price on that. Yeah, yeah. On a player um, who's uh, in form. Yeah, no, I mean, pick up on a couple of things. You, you and I meant to mention this earlier when you were talking about course form. Um, previous course form here doesn't actually, if you look yeah. at some of the past winners, mm. doesn't actually seem to be that relevant. I mean, Harris English is a perfect example. He played here seven times, and uh, his best has been seventh. Um, our man Ken Duke had only managed 27th in uh, uh, three visits uh, prior. There's been, um, oh, I mean, I know Jordan Speed could win anywhere, in, you know, when he's on, on song, but he was making his, uh, uh, his debut here. So, uh, um, and uh, as was uh, Bubba, of course, when he first uh, first won here. So, um, so, so uh, that was one of the reasons why I didn't really uh, um, look at um, uh, course form. I mean, Streelman had um, he'd had two. He, he had played quite well. He had two top tens in uh, uh, six previous visits, um, but. Um, uh, Reeve only had a best of 11th in numerous visits, uh, and um, DJ had only managed 31st. In yeah, three, yeah three I, saw, I saw that in your picks. So, yeah, so, so, so course form's not yeah. really come to much. And uh, uh, and on the Mitchell front, I actually put Mitchell up at um, Memorial, uh, where he was doing very nicely until he had a bad Saturday and then, um, you know, sort of um, moved back in the right direction again on Sunday. Uh, but the point I made again on the pod to um, Jamie that week was that... Um, Although, and because you made it the point there again, it sort of looked like he'd tailed off a little bit of late. But 
he hadn't actually like a lot of players he hadn't actually really had that much golf since um because you sort of look at the run of events there's been if you sort of went back to sawgrass and just afterwards um if you're not in the masters you don't want to play a pairs event um you know, you obviously had the, the WGC um, uh, match play. Uh, and for whatever reason, you didn't fancy a trip down to Mexico. Uh, there wasn't mm. really that many events going on. So uh, yeah. so a lot I of mean, players he, you look at sort of had, had sort of three, four weeks off around that time. So, or, or even if, yeah, even if they've not had the week off, they've they've not yeah. played proper 72 whole yeah, stroke yeah, exactly, play for yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a long time. He's basically yeah. gone two months without playing. Yeah, that. yeah. So, so, um, so that was the point I made for him that actually you know, to on the basis of why I went with him at Memorial in that um uh he um you know he, his form hadn't really tailed off. It's just he hadn't actually had that much golf and uh, I quite I liked him at Memorial with that sort of um Nicholas Honda link and what have you. Uh, and um uh, but um it was Luke List in the end who actually popped up with that connection even more because obviously he lost lost out um just at Honda in a playoff few years back so um but uh yes yeah, so i can see where you're coming from with keith uh and um he was um i think i, when I put my preview out on twitter i said there was about 15 players i fancy <laughs> back yeah. in this week and he was one of them so um yeah i thought home. you'd i thought you'd pick patrick rogers actually well again he's i mean you know i sound like a stuck record with with Patrick, but uh, he will, his day will come. I mean, it was frus- frustrating that, um, again, he sort of faded away over the uh, over the weekend to a certain extent. I mean, he, he rallied a little bit yesterday um, uh, after a really bad start. He rallied a little bit on the back nine, but um, uh, but um, yeah, he's you know, he's got a click for him one day. Same as Bo Hostler. Um, he's yeah. got a click for him. Eventually, he had a poor weekend, unfortunately, after. I actually put that was very frustrating. I had Bo Hostler to finish top 40 in my Paddy Power specials piece at two to one uh and uh, i must admit i certainly wasn't counting the money on that even where he was at halfway because i had a feeling he might fall away a little bit and yeah. that was exactly what happened but um yeah um anyway i'm conscious uh, i'm rattling on a, on a bit so i'm going to rattle through my last two picks now so that um um we don't keep the listeners here all night and uh, um and um um yeah my last two selections uh for the week are both three figure prices and it's Wyndham Clark and Doug Gim uh and um Wyndham Clark I mean again I'm going back um to the sort of um grip it and rip it angle here of just taking it apart with with length off the tee in, in the way Bubba's done historically you've got so many sort of short par fours here uh and um Wyndham Clark's either you, you know he's either player he's either horribly out of form or starts to sort of put some results together uh and it's just a sign I know he missed the cut again on the number at the US Open but um uh he played um nicely before that um uh in Canada uh, where he was seventh, obviously on another par seventy layout. Uh, he's actually got decent form on shorter tracks. Um, the closest he came to, to a win was down in Bermuda, uh, where he lost out to Brian Gay in the playoff. Um, he's got a good record at a bit shorter track. He's got a good record at the Honda, which is another par seventy. Um, uh, and his putter seems to have come back uh, back to life. Uh, and um, I just thought. Uh, uh, once he gets on a roll, he's a player who can keep on a roll. Uh, and um, the rabbit hole I wanted to go down with this one um, was, uh, I'm sure you noticed, Dave, that uh, 
Norman Zong um, uh, yeah. produced uh, the Wheel on the Corn Ferry Tour. Obviously, the much touted Norman Zong, who's uh, had a horrid time over the last couple of years and didn't have status anywhere. And I'm um, uh, not quite sure how he got in the event, but um, he got in the event over in Kansas, I think it was, and uh, proceeded to win it by five shots. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can't keep a good man down, as they say. So he's um, uh, quite possibly going to go on and get his PGA Tour card now. He's obviously got more work to do, but... Um, uh, he was obviously hugely touted a few years back, and um, he was a, a partner in crime, if you like, teammate of um, Wyndham Clark, Oregon, uh, where they sort of um, uh, took uh, took all comers in. I think it was about 2017. They won the Pac-12, and uh, uh, they were the, sort of the two linchpins of the team that year. Very close, I'm assuming. You seem they're friendly. Uh, and um, I just had the thought that maybe that win for Norman might um, inspire Wyndham to a big week this week. Um, so my pure speculation, obviously, but uh, I'm sure um, he'd have been delighted to see him get on track. So uh, so um, I, I just thought, um, you know, catch Wyndham Clark while he's hot. Uh, he can hopefully, um, you know, take advantage. Uh, I mean, he's never really done anything particularly on this track, but again, as I say, I'm not uh, looking hugely at course form. Uh, and um, uh, I just um, thought I'd, um, yeah, just to roll the dice, really. I'm actually going with the 10 places there, 125 to 1. Uh, and then on to Doug Gim. Uh, what I like about Doug Gim, uh, he's obviously more of your Tita Green merchant, and uh, um, he um, has clearly shown a bit of a liking for uh, Pete Dyer um, courses. Obviously, he's played great at Sawgrass the last two years, uh, although he fell away in 2021. He was right up there for three rounds, and then uh, this year finished sixth. He's got a fifth at the Amex. Um, he's performed well on the... Um, uh, in the pairs event, uh, so um, and of course he's obviously got other decent finishes, top twenties in you know the likes of Bermuda, RSM, Charles Schwab. So again, the sort of shorter tracks we're looking at. So uh, and uh, he performed nicely in Canada last time out as well. So uh, I just um, uh, yeah, keeping it short and sweet. Um, I, I liked uh, the look of Doug. Um, I'm always going to. Uh, He's always going to cross my radar on a Pete Dyer, uh, Pete Dyer course uh, or Pete Dyer connected course with that record at Sawgrass and Yamek. So um, yeah, that makes up my picks. Um, were there any other three figures that uh, uh, before you give us your last musical selection, um, uh, linking into the the travelling connection? Um, was um, was there any others at big odds that uh, caught your eye um, in the betting? Yeah, Patrick Rogers, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Uh... It's this, yeah, like I'm probably not as fixated as you, but uh, <laughs> there, there is that feeling he will win, yeah, at some point. Uh, and it could just be sneaking one in while the big yeah. guns are looking away the other way, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought under to one was decent, but because yeah, I, th I think he will take quite a lot of positives from the yeah. US Open, really, yeah, yeah. And as you said, he had that little uptick, didn't he, at the end, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. clearly falling away, uh, yeah. And he's got he's got a third here before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so even though, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of iffy finishes here. At least he's he's, he's had a big finish there. Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he was one I I looked at, at three figures. Um, Aaron Rye's going to place, isn't he? Sometime yeah. somewhere yeah. soon. Yeah. And he's he's and get as big as 150s in places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was one. I thought Tom yeah. Hoagie's slipped to a big price hasn't he from yeah i know there's the reason for that but 
given what he's done this season. Uh, he's yeah. gone 150s. Yeah. Um, yeah, your man. So Nick Hardy, um, he's obviously uh, yeah. Um, you know, he's another he one. He had a great the, week, didn't he? Last week, last week and, and he'd been playing well. You know, he played well on the Corn Ferry a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so you were going to say my man? Um, who, who was my man? Um, uh, your man Sigala. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly had a, a little look at, at him. Yeah, um, probably about it to be honest. Yeah, um, I think I've given up my Stuart Sink the week after a major. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Do. he's not quite putting it in anymore, is he? So, yeah, I was tempted yeah. by Danny Lee again. I must confess, he, yeah, he yeah. had a horror at the US Open because he played that well at um, uh, in Canada when I was on him. Uh, that was a real sickener. He, he was one shot out of the places, and I was on like 250 to one, and he had a birdie putt of 12 foot or something on the 18th and couldn't hold it to get into the places or the eight places. So, um, uh, that was a real shame. Although I did um, get a few messages from people afterwards who said that they'd taken the 12 places that Skybet put up later yeah. in the week and what have you. So, uh, so some people did win some money, which was nice, but didn't go in the PL figures, which was a shame. Um, so I was tempted, I mean, he had a bit of a horror show at the US Open, but, um, um, he likes a par 70, so I was tempted by by him, I must confess. So uh, I'll be hiding behind the sofa if he's in the hunt on Sunday. But um, uh, yeah, but give us your final uh, final musical selection for the week. Yeah, so I think uh, as soon as we knew it was the Travellers mm-hmm. and you're making that link, you, your brain goes, Travelling Wilburys, that's the <laughs> band, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then I, I said to you before coming on, I, I, de- I don't particularly sort of they seem to be less than the sum of their parts in my eyes. Uh, yeah. They kind of lots of famous people in them. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, shall I pick a Bob Dylan track? Um, it was close. Um, probably. Um, what would I say? My favorite Bob Dylan. Tra- Are you a Bob Dylan fan? Not usually, to be no. honest. No. Um, sort of like a Rolling Stone. I was thinking maybe. Uh, yeah. But in the end, I am a massive Beatles fan, so it had to be George Harrison, didn't it? Mm. Uh, so I didn't want to make it a Beatles song. I thought, let's keep this to George. Mm. Um, so I was trying to come up with something. Because he, uh, funnily enough, I've been reading quite a lot of about the Beatles' India period at the moment. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously, he, he was the one that, that uh, relish going to Rishikesh and, and mm, doing yeah. all the meditation. Uh, the yeah. others sort of weren't, weren't as keen. Yeah. Uh, so his first album, this, this is all coming back to music, which is part of this pod. Mm, of course, so his, yeah. his first album was called, um, you, you probably know this, but not everyone will. So his first album sparked a, a very famous single by a Britpop band. So his first album was called Wonderwall Music. Oh, right, so okay. Wonderwall came from uh, so Oasis took that name. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, from a George Harrison right. song. So, so Wonderwall is actually a film uh, that was made in the in the late sixties. Mm. It's a bit. It's very much of its time. It's it's mm. kind of swinging London, mm. and the, the the premise is a little bit. Um, don't know if you'd make the film today. It's it's kind of a, about a guy who's. There's a peeping Tom okay. <laughs> who can see through the wall to this yeah, yeah. Um, kind of um, young swinging couple. Um, uh, okay. It, it kind of works out because I, um, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen bits of it, but um, I think the guy leaves the girl and then the girl is, is going to commit suicide, but 
our mm. hero, <laughs> iffy hero, has been looking through a, yeah. a hole in the wall, yeah. through the wonder wall, yeah. comes, comes to a rescue. Um, but the, the artwork for Wonder Wall, it's kind of um, a big brick wall, and there's a guy dressed up as like a sort of London commuter with a bowler hat on mm-hmm. on one side, and then on the other side is like some bathing Indian maidens having a wonderful time. It's, it's meant to sort of show the difference between East and West, and uh, okay. Eastern culture is better. Yeah. And they had an argument about um, whether there's one brick removed from the wall and the artist who did it this american guy i think it's called bob gill didn't mm. want the hole in the wall he said no it should be showing the difference and george harrison said but well, you've got to give the fella a bit of hope so the fact that he can see through to this better world just with that one brick it was kind of there was a hopeful element uh, well, I've, I've drifted here a bit, but yeah, well, um, I'm telling you, I knew, I knew yeah. nothing about this Wonder Wall. Okay, admit, but, uh, but the, um, the, all the music on Wonder Wall is sort of George Harrison yeah. playing around with sort of sitars and other yeah, yeah, Indian yeah. instruments. So it's not mm. very uh, commercial. It, yeah. It's a it's a soundtrack, really. To yeah. be honest, with just instrumentals put over it. But his third album, his third solo mm. album. Um, is is uh, the song All Things Must Pass? Do you know that album? Uh, I don't, I'm not going to no. claim to be a George Harrison expert, I'm afraid. So, uh, so it's got no. My Sweet Lord on it, yeah. I know that, yes. But it's also got this uh, tremendous song, I don't know, it should be better known called What Is Life. It's very bouncy, it's, it feels like it's yeah. made a lot more recently than it is. Mm. And you have to you, you hear it, and you think, you oh, know, when was that like the 90s? Mm. Um, but it's a really bouncy song. It's got a good video, actually, if you ever look it up, up, up on YouTube. Okay. Uh, but, it's, but it was released in, I think, 1970. Right, um, yeah. But it's it's a it's one of those songs that I think it should be more connected with. When you think of George Harrison, you, you've got, like, My Guitar, Gently Weep. There's yeah. certain songs, haven't you? Um, yeah. Something. And, but this one that should be right up there as one of his sort of finest yeah. bits of solo work. And that, yeah. and that completes my essay on George Harrison. Okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, but it's the Travelling Wilburys anyway. And yes. the other, who are the other members of the Travelling Wilburys? Tom Petty, who I probably would have gone for if I'd yeah. been picking Roy Orbison. Yeah, Roy Orbison. Uh, was it Bob Dylan, did you say as well? Bob oh, Dylan. Jeff, Jeff Lynn in there? Jeff Lynn, well? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, that's a lot, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. Did the guy, because uh, have you ever seen, and um, we better wrap this up in a second, I'll sort of quickly <laughs> ask this question. Did you did you ever seen, um, see Upright with Tim Minchin in? And um, the comedy show on Sky, comedy uh, drama. I know uh, of it. I don't think I've seen it. Australia. If you haven't watched yeah. it, I do. Right, I do like to mention that. It's, it's actually it's obviously one of the best yeah. shows I've seen. What in the a talented years. guy he is! Yeah. yeah, and apparently they're bringing out a second season of it okay. sometime this this year. So, uh, but I rewatched it recently. My wife never watched it and rewatched it with her because she wants to watch it. And uh, uh, it's honestly, it's an incredible show. It will make you laugh, make you cry. It's a brilliant show. But anyway. Um, it's about this road trip across Australia where he hooks up with this young girl, not hooks up, hooks up, but sort of shares a road trip with this girl across uh, Australia. Uh, and he talks to her, they're talking about coincidence and whether when they first meet up, whether things happen and coincidence or life's planned, which just coincidence. Uh, and he asks, she asks him to explain about coincidences. And he talks about one of the original members of ELO being... <laughs> 
killed by a bale of hay um, <laughs> hitting his car as he's really? driving down the road in Somerset or something like that. Right. Uh, and he talks about, you know, what are the odds, 10 million to one, that he will be driving down that stretch of road at just that right time uh, when the bale of hay rolls off and hits his car and what have you. And uh, uh, and I've never actually go. I'm assuming that story was true because otherwise you wouldn't start saying on the no. show about a member of ELO being killed by a bale of hay. Um, so, uh, um, yes, yeah, so that's reminded me of that anyway. So, uh, but if you've never seen the show, then uh, but do watch it, it's a brilliant show. So, um, anyway, before every, all our listeners fall asleep, the listeners, we, better, <laughs> we better wrap this up, otherwise, yeah. this will be the lengthiest pod that we've had. Um, so, um, yeah, um, free bets. I need to give a free bet away, and uh, as always, we've had tremendous selections, um, suggestions, I should say. Uh, we have had numerous people, and I didn't actually pick this because numerous people went for it. And I wouldn't know who to go. Um, go with uh, gone with pulp. Do you remember the first time uh, the Sheffield connection and Matt Fitzpatrick yeah. getting his first major? So thank you everyone who suggested that because it was several of you, and I'm not going to name you all. Um, I will confess that I don't actually know this band, but a couple of people suggested them, and I've subsequently googled them. I have to listen to them, not listen to them, but um, it's always just me listening to too much old stuff and not newer stuff. But there is an American. <laughs> Indie band called Fitz and the Tantrums, uh, F I T Z and the Tantrum. No, not, not one them. I know. No. Um, so a couple of people suggest sort of said anything by Fitz and the Tantrums and what have you. Um, maybe the Tantrums was for um, uh, our man Grayson Murray. Uh, um, we had a couple of traveling, couple of other traveling Wilburys suggestions because of the travelers. Uh, and um, uh, our man Nulty, um suggested um, a track by uh, Tinder Sticks. Um, I can't yeah. remember the name of the track, but it was a, a track by Tinder Sticks he suggested. Uh, we had a suggestion for you, actually, from Mike Miller, who said, in honour of you coming along, uh, I should put You'll Never Walk Alone on. Well, um, well, that would have been just fine by me. So, yeah. yeah, so thank you, Mike, for getting involved. Well done, um, Mike. But um, I have actually gone with um, something picked by uh, Adam, the real flanners on Twitter, uh, who was actually uh, missing the golf last night because um, he was at a Noel Gallagher concert. Uh, so um, uh, he um, put forward In the Heat of the Moment by Noel Gallagher because um, uh, uh, obviously Fitz uh, handled things uh, tremendously in the heat of the moment. So uh, so that's this week's winner of the free bet. Uh, well done, yeah. Adam. Um, and, and little little did Adam know that um, that there's a, a great link through from Wonderwall. Noel Gallagher to <laughs> Oasis to Wonderwall to George Harrison to yeah. the Travelling Wilburys. Um, as already let slip earlier, Ben's joining us next week for the John Deere Classic. So um, uh, another event I, I like because it's a course we all know. And uh, uh, so um, really looking forward to having Ben back on next week for the John Deere Classic. Um, should be uh, uh, another been played great earlier than normal then. Um, it's a, yeah, it's two weeks before because they've got the Scottish the week after, haven't they? So which is now yeah. a PGA co-sanctioned event, isn't it? And uh, so I think they're throwing the Barber Soul um, alongside that as a sort of you know, yeah. secondary opposite field events or whatever. And obviously they're hoping to encourage um, all the big names uh, over to Scotland. And uh, I guess they couldn't shove John Deere in with being an opposite field event with uh, their history. So um, whereas Barbasol's often been an opposite field, isn't it? So so I guess that was the logic there. So, um, right. Uh, remind everyone of your uh, bets, Dave. Um, who you gone for? Uh, yeah, so I've gone for Sung Jae-im. Yeah. I've gone for Denny McCarthy along with you. Yeah, and I've gone for Keith Mitchell. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's Webb Simpson for me um, at 55s, Jenny McCarthy at 66s, Brendan Steele, 66s, Heath Thagala, 110s, Wyndham Clark, 125s, Doug Gibb, 150s. Uh, all eight places apart from Wyndham Clark have taken the 10 places at uh, slightly shorter odds. Just, um, yeah, ju just to sort of clarify, these aren't necessarily the uh, bets I will go for with Betfair because that's obviously... Yeah different prices for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh yeah don't don't if you want to well he said that on that podcast so. yeah no this is obviously your whole whole of the market picks if yeah. you like based on yeah no totally um and um yeah just remind us of your musical picks again then uh dave yeah uh i'll have to remind myself so it was um arctic monkeys I don't yep. know if this was the order they came in. Uh, Mardi Bum by the Arctic yeah. Monkeys. Rich and Strange by Cud. 2,000 Miles by the Pretenders. And What is Life by George Harrison. And uh, my musical picks are for the week. Uh, and I have to remind myself of my <laughs> ones again are now. Um, R.E.M. we had, didn't we? Yeah, R.E.M. Uh, don't go back to Rockville in honour of Denny McCarthy. Uh, Billy Bragg, that was my first one. Yeah. Uh, New England, um, in honor of obviously of being in New England for the second week running. Uh, and then my final one was Swerve Drivers Rave Down. And then we have um, Adam Flanners as uh, uh, Noel Gallagher in the heat of the moment. So uh, that, uh, I believe, is what we call a wrap. So um, yeah, um, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Just remind everyone where they can uh, find your stuff and your content and hear you, etc. each week. Yeah, so um, at Dave Tyndall Golf on Twitter, that's you'll find most of well, if anything I write or podcast, that's kind of the landing page where you can mm. click and link off. But I also do a weekly podcast called The Late Tea Time, uh, which yep. we, re we, re we record. It's as it says on the tin, we record it on a Wednesday night. So um, you pick up some other stuff that you know you wouldn't might not have heard yeah uh on a monday or a tuesday so it's a, a chance to throw in something that you might have heard later on yeah yeah ironically yeah. though w w when we recorded last week's about 10 minutes after we'd finished all those all those stories about spieth being ill came out so yes yeah, yeah. we needed yeah. to be even later with that one but i don't i don't know whether that ultimately affected him or not uh, he didn't have a great yeah week, he then. was um obviously he was um yeah, he looked a little bit uh, under the radar, shall we say, didn't yeah. he? But um, yeah, there you go. So uh, I'm just uh, sort of been sidetracked because uh, um, I'm looking at um, uh, how Ken Duke's been playing on the CDs tour. <laughs> oh, was I not that great, really, is it? Really. Uh, no, so yeah, I don't know why I thought he was having a good time of it, but uh, uh, he did have a top five in the um, Insperity Invitational. So there you go. Um, so, uh, right. Anyway, we better go. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dave, um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, win some money, hopefully. Um, remember, gamble responsively uh and um yeah enjoy the music and don't forget to turn it up loud and we'll see you all again next week for the john deere classic but uh and until then good night <laughs>